Welcome to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. There are many types of Baptists, but being a Baptist once meant that you were a fundamentalist. Over the years, many Baptists have strayed from the fundamentals and thus attack those who remain true to the faith. This podcast will address the issues surrounding what it means to be a fundamental Baptist. Somebody said, Brother House, fundamentalists are changing, aren't they? No, fundamentalists don't change. Folks quit being fundamentalists. God says when the troubles come, He said fight. You can't fight. He said withstand. You can't withstand. He said stand. What does it mean to stand? He said don't change. What? Don't change what? Number one, don't change what you believe. Here we will reason concerning the scriptures about the doctrines we hold dear. We believe in souls being saved, lives being changed, and Bible doctrines being strengthened by the Word of God. We believe in the local church, soul winning, missions, and everything taught in the King James Bible. I thank God tonight for this wonderful Bible. You know, I, I thank God it's a perfect book, and I, I love the Bible. Doesn't need any addition, no correction, nothing taken from it. Thank God tonight for the Holy Bible. I like it just like it is. We are not ashamed of being fundamental Baptists, and we want to encourage others to remain true to the Bible, their Baptist heritage, and to not change what they have been given. You just stick with the book. You can't beat this book. Why does every generation feel that we got to change it just a little bit because our daddy did it as I said, and our granddaddy did it like that, and let's change it just a little bit. You change it, and things that are different are not the same. The same commit thou to faithful men. Thank you for joining us in our discussion of what it means to be a fundamental Baptist. Hello and welcome, David Baker. Welcome to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. Hey, we're glad you're here. I've got a friend of mine with me, Pastor Guy Beaumont. He even preached for us today. Uh, we'll have to close our church after the sermon. Um, the, the church, he just, it was bad. No, anyway, uh, we had a great time. Preached in Sunday school on suffering. Really, really, really good. It's amazing how much the Bible talks about suffering. We don't like it. We don't want it, but it's a part of the Christian life. And we need to understand it, embrace it, and see how God wants to use suffering in our life. And then um, then for Sunday morning service, we talked about faith. Uh, well, without faith, it's impossible to please Him, and how to grow your faith and understanding faith. It was really, really good. And so... Um, uh, he preached at a camp down here in Tennessee, and I asked him if he wanted to stay over a couple of days and preach for us, so we are. So, Brother Guy, good morning. How are you? Or afternoon now? Afternoon. Afternoon. I'm good. A little tired, but I'm hey, good. It God is tired, is yes. A week a of good camp. Tired. A, good a week camp. of camp. How much heat, how much sweat, how many preachings, and uh, how much basketball and football, um, football and volleyball yep. and all the rest of it. So, uh, welcome. Thanks for hanging around. And we haven't eaten lunch yet, too, so, hey, that uh, we got that coming. So, this probably won't be long, but uh, we did a podcast a few months months ago um, uh, on Brother Guy and with him, and so there's more of his background and things there if you want to go and follow that, but just give us two minutes, uh, uh, who you are, where you're from, what do you do? Sure, Pastor Guy Beaumont, I'm from uh, Coopersburg, Allentown, Pennsylvania, we've been in both of those cities, we're in Coopersburg now, 22 years, started the church 22 years ago, Resurrection Sunday, and uh, yeah, had a, been having a great time. A lot of people saved, uh, helped churches get planted, a lot of missionaries. So it's, we're just we're just doing the thing and Amen. enjoying it. Um, six children and married coming up on 25 years to my lovely wife, Sherry. Uh, and so, yeah, that's kind of where we are. Awesome. Love it. We were talking about preachers and uh, we like to make, I like to make the um, podcast topical and to talk about an issue. And so to talk about preachers, um, but the guy, I know you're doing the same thing as me, where two sides of it, if you see a preacher 
that's down and struggling to try to encourage and help him, or to see a preacher that may be straying off trying to help him. Uh, tell me, in your opinion, is that something that preachers should care about other preachers and to be able to try to help them on either side of those things? Yes. I mean, the 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 most obvious answer is yes. We should try to help them. We should try to be there for them. We should try to encourage them. We should pray for them, be there for them, uh, because it's the right thing to do. It's the scriptural thing to do. Bury one another's burden, so fulfill the law of Christ. And, Amen. You know, think of, you know, the man that was left for dead. He was half dead, the Bible says, and, um, you know, the good Samaritan. So to me, there's so much scripture where I believe we have a responsibility if we see a guy hurting, if we see a guy going through trouble. And again, it doesn't necessarily mean he's going to receive it. Right. He may not receive it. Again, it's important for us to make sure, according to Scripture, we're spiritual, you know, so that we don't get caught up or respond unscripturally. Uh, but absolutely, I think you and I and other preachers need to, when we see it, extend, you know, the right hand how of many, faith to fellowship. How many preachers quit? How many preachers are out of the ministry? Uh, you've been pastor in that church for 22 years, preaching for, you started preaching in high school or how long? 16. So at 16, so you've been 16, preaching how many years? 34, whatever 50 minus 16 is. That, that, that's how many years I've been preaching. <laughs> that was good. Preaching that many years, how many preachers have you seen fall? Oh, my soul. Just totally out of the ministry, yeah. whether it's in sin or just quit or discourage or finances or whatever. And I wonder how many more would still be in the ministry if somebody would just reach out and help them. I know Brother House talked about teenagers, and, and uh, boy, it still rings in my ear. He said, I believe that no teenager would ever, ever go bad if they just knew one person truly, really cared about them. I yes. wonder the same yes. thing as a preacher. Boy, yes. you see a preacher going through a tough time. It's so funny. In Sunday school this morning, where the guy told a story, he said, man, I was online. I saw a guy. He's struggling and going through a hard time. Picked up the phone. I called him. I talked to him. And I'm smiling because I'm thinking, I think I know who he's talking about because I reached out to the same preacher and I asked him after this guy. He goes, yep. He and I both reached out, not knowing it, to the same guy who was struggling after going through a real tough time in the ministry to be a friend to him and to encourage him, not to preach at him, not to doubt him, but to love him and care about him. So, you know, I wonder how many calls he got like that. I wonder who reached out to help him. Yeah. So many people already condemn him, yeah. but... But I wonder how many people reached out to him. And why do you do that? How do you see that? Yeah. What touches your heart for that? And I don't know. Again, I don't. I mean, we could we could look at my my contact time wise versus your contact and see who. But you know, his his response to me was, "Thank you for being a man of God and telling me what I need to hear." Yeah. Um, and he wasn't offended. Um, it, it's it's. I just sensed his heart that yeah. he was hurting. Yeah. Again, there was some anger, there was some pride, and again, I think one of the things that I believe helps me and you, just from what I know of you, to want to do that is because we've been through that. Yeah. We've experienced heartache as pastors. And I don't know mm -hmm. any pastor that's worth his salt that hasn't. Absolutely. But we, again, especially, especially of like faith. Yeah. We know the bruises. We've been through it. And so if I can take what I, and, and, and several times in my conversation with him, it's like, brother, I don't know your story, but similar. I know what it's like to be burned. I know what it's like to be trashed. I know what it's like to be gossiped about. I, I, I get that. Yeah. And so if I can pass on just something that can help you get through it, a testimony, scripture, 
a principle, something that can, I can just plant that seed that will help you go forward. That's huge. Personally, me on a Saturday night or a Sunday morning, I get sometimes a lot, sometimes a few, but always at least one encouraging text. Mm. Just a text from another preacher somewhere. Even yesterday, last night while I was getting ready there in the room for bed, I got a text message from a guy who's not even a pastor. He's an assistant pastor at a church. Mm. Just out of the blue, hey, I appreciate you. I appreciate your stand. I'm praying for you as you preach tomorrow at family. And I'm just, and I told <laughs> my first word was, man, exclamation point. That meant so much to me. Amen. Because for a preacher, we know how busy we are to take any time out of right. your schedule to talk to me, yep. to just say a prayer. And so I, I try to do it. I'm not as good at it as some guys, but if a if the Lord lays a man in my heart, I, I'm going to let him know that I'm praying for Amen. him. Amen. So, but the guy and I, um, I, we went to college. We overlapped one year. He didn't know me. I didn't know him. We knew of each other. And I followed him online. It's like, man, every issue that you see debated, talked about, discussed is like, man, I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. And so reached out to him just in friendship that way. And we both have... I think are known as the tendency of strict, straight, right, strong, power, you know, man, fundamental, not going to pull any punches. Um, but on the same side of that, it's a compassion to reach out and help people. And right out of Bible college, I was assistant pastor at a church and things were really tough and we left. And I remember some people encouraging me and helping me. And I wonder if I have still been in the ministry without that. So anytime I've seen a pastor, an assistant pastor, that you see him going through a tough time, just to reach out to them, to be a friend, to love them, to care about them. And so the first part of this podcast, here's my challenge to you. Here's my ask. Anytime, look for that. Look for anybody that you see that's struggling, that's hurting, that's fallen. Oh, how about if they fell? How about if they sinned? How about if they committed um, adultery, you know, and then that's when we should kick them or should we try to restore them in the spirit of meekness? How would you handle something like that? I mean, the Lord made it very clear with the woman caught in adultery. Yeah. Go and sin no more. Yeah. Giving her look, he didn't he didn't let he knew what she did. Everybody did. But he didn't allow it as far as it's okay to continue that. Right. But he said, Go go and sin no more. It's the idea of you messed up, let's get up and go forward. Amen. You can't undo what you did. Let's go forward. A preacher made a comment to me years ago to encourage me that I will never forget he said preacher when a ton of bricks falls on you it's normal to fall down mm-hmm. he said just don't stay down that's good and that was yeah whether it's me pulling the lever and the bricks <laughs> are coming on me which we've all done or it's just it's it's just part of what the lord is doing in our life that you mm-hmm. know we're going to go through trials and you know heartaches and tough times and it may not even be our cause yeah allowed it but to yeah, how much man. how much do you think and this is a rough question how much do you think that some preachers when somebody falls or is going through a tough time where there's a little like good i mean they deserve that i like that they they almost revel or rejoice in somebody else struggling or going through a hard time have you seen that or been around that i would say honestly from my perspective that that reaction is small is low percentage wise yeah. there are those whether it's just bitter or jealousy, there are those. Um, but I dare say, I think the biggest concern would be apathy. I don't care. I don't care. It's not me. 
it's not my ministry. Yeah. I have so much going on. I have this. I have a family. I have that. I don't have time for them. And I just, I just feel that we need, even if it's, even if it's just praying for them, mm-hmm. we need to. We, yeah. we have time to pray. We have time. You I know, Paul said, brethren, pray for us. Like, yeah. we have time to pray. I agree with you. I think it's a small percentage, but... But they're I, the loudest ones, But too, I know though. it's there. I mean, I had a guy, he, he calls himself my friend, um, but but literally, when we went through our test and trial, he told me personally, and he said it as a joke, but I know in his heart he means it. He goes, it's about time you had to go through some tough stuff. You have everything too easy for you, and you know he really feels that. I mean, he is enjoying watching me going through all this tough time uh, because he thinks I've had it too easy, you know? So that whole statement, are we our brother's keeper? Absolutely. We yeah. should be. So yeah. when yeah. you see somebody online or hear about somebody, I've reached out to people I don't know so many times. And locally, too. Our yeah. city manager got fired. And um, and we knew him through casual things in the city. And so I went to his house and knocked on his door. And he came to the door and said, Pastor Baker, said, you got a few minutes I can talk with you? He said, sure, come on in. And just loved him and prayed for him and encouraged him. And man, it meant the world to him. We had a correctional officer that messed up. I mean, I won't do what he did, but he messed up. And uh, as soon as I knew it, I went to his house, knocked on his door, and got to lead him to Christ and got to help him. Um, we had the pastor from the First Baptist Church in our town on the page of the paper, picked up a prostitute and this and this and this, the pastor of the First Baptist Church in our community. And I don't know if it's true or not. I know enough about the newspaper to know most of the time they didn't get it right, but I didn't care. He fell. He's hurting. He needs somebody to help him. Went to his house, knocked on his door. His wife came to the door, told him, Pastor Baker's here. He told me later, he goes, I was like, what in the world? This independent, fundamental Baptist preacher is going to be, he's going to rip me. He said, but I let you in. And all I told him was, look, I don't know the story. I don't need to know the story. I know enough to know the newspaper. They probably didn't get it right. I just want to let you know, I love you. I'm praying for you. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. God has a plan and purpose for your life. And if I can help you anyway, let me know. And I got ready to leave because I didn't want him to, I didn't want to hang around and let him think, okay, tell me the juicy, what happened, right, right, you know? Right, right. And he goes, thank you. And then just tears and weeping. And then he told the true story of what happened. He didn't pick up a prostitute, but it didn't matter. Right. We got to love him and help him. And his marriage is still together. He's still pastoring today. He wrote a book to help other people to be restored when they, and he was going through a tough time physically in his life and, and all the things that happened. But why in the world won't we reach out and help and encourage somebody like that um, instead of apathy or inside yeah. a little rejoicing like, yeah, that's good. They deserve right. that. Right. Yeah. It, it's, it's, they don't even have to be in agreement with us doctrinally yeah. for us to be there to help. Them. Absolutely. And there's times, I mean, I'll be completely transparent. There's times, not that I'm ever glad anybody fell, but there's times and I'm like, eh, they're liberal. It doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Well, they were you going know, that direction. They were going that direction. That. But yeah. at the same time, the second someone falls, yeah. like to me, I don't, I don't ever want to gloat in it. Yeah. You know, that that's because they have a family. Mm-hmm. They have a wife. They have yeah. a children. They have a ministry. They have a mom and a dad. You know, they have people in their lives. And, yeah, I just, you know, I just, I want to be a friend. And to me, a perfect example would be Samuel. So Samuel had to let Saul know mm-hmm. that God has taken the kingdom from you. Right. But in the very next chapter, it says that he wept. And God's like, how long are you going to weep? Like, you need to get... and. I, I think that there's a compassion that is missing right. in pastors to sometimes preaching the word and seeing the consequences of people's choices. It ought to break us. Yeah. It ought to hurt us. I mean, I have had a pastor in our area who had cancer. Uh, 
we've never fellowshiped because he would not fellowship with me. I, yeah. I've been to his church. I've taken groups to his church. I will support his ministry. He's an independent fundamental, King James only. But he would never come to our church because, you know, whatever, I went to Hiles or my style, or, which, which, which is fine. Like, sure. I don't, I, it's your church. You lead yeah. your church. If you don't want to come to mine, don't. But I went to it. So anyway, years later, he was in the hospital dying of cancer. Mm. And I didn't even let him know. I just got in the car, drove to the hospital where he was, went in. He came in and he looked at me. He's like, Brother Boma, I said, I'm here to pray for you. I can't even imagine what you're going through. His dear wife is right there, older man. I said, I can't even imagine what you're going through. Please let me pray for you. And it, it just blew his mind that I, yeah. you know, never talked to him again after that. I've had people leave my church and go to his. He never gave me a phone call, which is fine. Like that's, you know, Brother Owen said it best. Don't ever expect another pastor to have your ethics. Yeah. And that has helped me so much. Exactly. I'm not going to judge. I'm not going to write him off. But I want, man, I can't even imagine what he's going through. And to you, mentioned, him. you mentioned Brother Owen and I was going to say this anyway. And he was my leader in, in, in Bible college and Bible clubs and, and he was very staunch, very strong, very, you know, hard. He preached a sermon in chapel, if you were there, remember, on um, Christian Army is the only army that shoots her wounded. And Brother Owens, from behind the pulpit, I was just shocked. He was weeping and broken. And he said, I hope that when I fall, not if, I hope that when I fall, there's someone there to help pick me yeah. up. And I remember sitting there just in tears, weeping, like, wow, he lives this like I live with it. I've been married to my wife for 33 years and got a great marriage and life and ministry and haven't had any of that, but I know what my life was before I surrendered to God, and I know that the better men than I could ever think of being have fallen and messed up. And so that's why to reach out to love and care. And, I, and it's just amazing to me how someone can elevate themselves up so high above somebody that fell. Like, that would never happen to me. Watch out. It's considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. We're to restore them, realizing it could be us. It could be. Yeah. 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 I, I, yeah I, I'm just, usually those that do that, it's a matter of time. Mm -hmm. Sad. It's a matter of time. It is amazing. How and I'll be high. there for them, too. Yeah, absolutely. I've had men and I've had people and preachers that have attacked me personally yeah. and made it known publicly. But it wasn't long when they fell. I don't want to do what they did. Yeah. I want to be there. I want to be Amen. there. And there's times that, you know, one man trashed me so badly. And uh, I knew that he did. Mm. I knew that he did. But God was calling him in a different direction. And I said, Come on to my church and present your ministry. And I never, he didn't know that I knew. And about a week before he came, he called me and he said, I owe you an apology. I said, for what? He said, I have said some horrible things about you. And he said, you didn't even know. I said, Doc, I, <laughs> I knew. knew. <laughs> he goes, are you? And it literally broke down over the phone. Are you serious? And you're still going to, you still said yes for me to come. I said, Doc, I'm for you. For you. I'm, yeah, for I'm for you. you in your I'm for what you're doing. That's so big. Why can't we get out of our own way and rise above? It's not a pity. Okay, you don't like me. Fine. Yeah. You know, yeah. the principles, yeah. there are people I love and care about and pray for that wouldn't spit on yeah. me. Yeah. That's okay. We yeah. believe the same thing. Yeah. We're going it's the not same direction. Yeah. For exactly. All right, let's flip on the other side. So, first challenge to you is this. You see anybody hurting, anybody struggling with life, ministry, family, health, fallen, whatever, reach out to them. Wouldn't it be great if, if the independent Baptist Christian brethren were, were like a body when somebody is hurting, everybody just flows to that hurt spot to be able to help them. Um, I forget the guy's name. I'm thinking, but he pastored First Baptist Church in Jacksonville. 
Um, Jerry Vines. Okay, mm -hmm. Jerry mm -hmm. Vines. And mm -hmm. uh, it was before my time, didn't know him, but he was going, story was told to me by somebody very close to him. He was out of the, con leaving the convention. He was president of the convention one time, leaving the convention. And uh, said, they're not right. This isn't solid. He's going to Independent Baptist, preaching with Independent Baptist. He's going to leave the convention. Dr. Jerry Vines, pastor, First Baptist Church in Jacksonville, going to leave the convention, become Independent Baptist. And he came back. He never did. He said, it's like Gandhi with Christians. I would have become an independent Baptist if it weren't for independent Baptists. Yeah. So, man, they believe yeah, yeah, right yeah. and strong on everything. But, man, where's the heart? Where's yeah. the care? Where's yeah. the compassion? Yeah. And I don't think you have to be either or. I think you can stand strong Absolutely. on right, but then help people when they fall. So, Absolutely. all right, here's the stand strong on the right. What about this for the guy? How about if you see a guy who's swerving, who's swaying, who's leaning, who's sliding back, who's going a different direction from what he believed, what he was taught, what he was trained to do. Is that something we should mind our own business or is that something we should try to uh, encourage or help them? That's that's a tough one and I'll be I'll be transparent and I don't always handle that the best. Mm. Guys guys that drift it's one thing to drift and just do your thing. Yeah. It's another thing when you drift and you throw hand grenades back at us. That's when I get there. You go. go that. That's a tough one for me because that's when I tend to get into the flesh and I'll pick up that hand grenade, pull the pin out, and throw it back at you. Yeah. Um, so uh, because I I'm loyal to the principles and my friends and will defend them and their positions and where we stand. And to me, when you do when you throw that hand grenade at us, to me, you're attacking. To me personally, you're not just attacking me and my friends. You're attacking God because you're leaving stands and positions that are scriptural. And I'm not going to allow you to get away with it, number one. Number two, when I see a guy drifting, I try to reach out to them. When you make your position known publicly, mm -hmm. to me, them that do it publicly, I'm going to rebuke you publicly. So if you're now, you know, you're taking a position where you're not Baptist anymore, you're not King James anymore, you're not this biblical standard anymore, I'm talking about preference of this biblical standard, right. and you're open and you're bragging and, you know, you're a Calvinist now or you're whatever, to me, uh, it, it, to me, a lot of it is your attitude and how you're coming across. Mm -hmm. But there are times that I have, because I'm like, maybe they just are ignorant. I try to use some discernment to see yeah. what is it. Are you listening to somebody? Are you? But if you're just bold faced and brash, and you know, I, I have no problem calling you out publicly. I will say this too: we're local church. Mm -hmm. What you do in your church is between right. you and God. Right. But that does not mean that I can't take a stand on a position mm -hmm. that I see evident in where that person is going, to where I'm going to, for the sake of. All believers, Amen. I'm going to make. I'm not going to call him by name, because it's not about him. It's about the position, mm -hmm. and if it's a position that's gaining momentum, I'm going to speak out about the position, right. um, and I'm going to attack that scripturally so that my folks don't get caught up in going in that direction. Or other, you know, there are there's a lot of preachers who've come to me and said, "Thank you for saying what we're all thinking right. on social media. Yep. Thank you for standing for that." Now they won't do it. But they said, thank you for doing it. I've had many preachers say, we just don't feel comfortable 
but we're glad you do and we support you in doing that because it needs to be said it needs to right. be done right. the enemy or the wrong crowd the left crowd they're using social media for their platform well why can't i use my social media exactly. for the platform that goes against what they're saying and i don't have any problem doing that and i love the way you define that <clears throat> differently if you see a brother slipping or struggling or thinking something different to reach out to him. Hey, are you okay? Right. You know, hey, right. I've studied this issue also, and honestly, I can see how somebody could go that way of Calvinism or music sure. or sure. whatever. You know, man, have you thought about this or directing them to something or trying to help them? And and that's a good thing, and I agree with that. But when they cross over, and like you said, they're throwing hand grenades back at us, then it's a fight for the faith. Yeah. It is yeah. defending the faith. It's and contending. And, I don't understand this. One guy says, you can contend without being contentious. <laughs> That's the root of the word. I mean, yeah, how? Yeah. Yeah. If we're in a fight, yeah. we're contending, no, yeah. I'm going to knock you out. And I don't mean physically, I'm going to knock exactly. out that preacher, but I'm knocking out that philosophy. philosophy. Exactly. I'm knocking out that bad principle. I'm knocking yeah. out that bad teaching. Yeah. It is, it is, you cannot contend for the faith without contending and, and, and with fighting. And you, you can't. Elijah did that. Yeah. The false prophets of Baal. Yep. Yeah. He mocked them. Absolutely. Maybe your God's sleeping. The sarcasm is a powerful tool yes. given by God and other preachers. Yes. Uh, Tito at Talmud, I don't read a lot of old sermons, but man, I've enjoyed some of his old sermons. Just so sarcastic, yes. biblically solved, yes. but like, this yes. is hilarious. Yes. I mean, just the, the, the same sarcasm because it does when you mock the other crowd um, to be able to show how silly That's what, what they believe. Sarcasm is exposing the silliness of their point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've witnessed to uh, Imam, a Muslim leader or whatever, yep. and I asked him if he knew for sure he was going to heaven. I was. I was in my early 30s. He was in his 60s, and uh, we were in a stairwell. I was knocking in an apartment building, and he was in the stairwell, and so I stopped him because I knew he was some kind of a religious right. leader. And I began to witness to him and asked him if he knew he was going to heaven, and he said, you have an angel on this shoulder, and you have an angel on this shoulder. This one writes down all the good that you do. This one writes down all the bad that you do. And if your good outweighs your bad, then God accepts you. And I said, what if I sneeze and blow one of them off? <laughs> I said, do they ever run out of ink? I said, how small is their writing? Yeah. Now, I was being sarcastic, and he was a little bit offended. And I said, do you understand how silly that sounds? Yeah. I said, you have no basis of Scripture Absolutely. on that at all. In any, in his book right. or That's what I mean. Know? And so then I could take that and go right into the gospel yeah. and talk about the gospel. He said there's four prophets. There were, they were all perfect. They were all sinless. Moses, David, Jesus, Muhammad. It's like your presidents. And I said, did you just say, did you say Moses was sinless? Did you just say David was sinless? And so you could, again, yeah. you're using their words yeah. to go back and put that on them. It's the same thing with these guys that, yeah. you know. Because if we don't, if someone doesn't push back, yes. how many... Young preachers are influenced and yes. goes into that false doctrine of Calvinism or whatever yes. the thing is. And so it does need to be pushed back. And and sometimes I wonder and I look, you know, how does, and we both mentioned his name and we talked about talking about this by name, but, you know, how could you help a Greg Locke <laughs> when he was solid, straight, right, when he started veering off? And and we I, I, I know him, I heard him preach, we we're friends, distant, uh, we had a meal together and and... And I remember talking to him back then, and we weren't close, but boy, it, 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 could somebody have helped him? You know, I mean, he preached the... I reached out to him. 
wrote the book, Blinded by Benny, and now and Speaking now, with Benny. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I mean, how now do, he's how do beloved you, Benny. Beloved you, with Benny. <laughs> how do you go from that? Brainwashed And, Benny. you know, like Paul, he contended with Peter to his face, you know? Yeah. And so, so, you know, that's a biblical place to be able to do. What would have happened if Paul had not done that? What kind of false doctrine could Peter have gone into if Paul had not this done that? True. And so that we are supposed to do that. And and to look for that and pray, God, is that something you want me to do? God doesn't always want us to, but sometimes he does. And that right person, I really believe, Greg Locke, I mean, I've heard him, I believe he was sincere years ago. I believe he, he wanted to preach a word and believe right and straight. I wonder who could have gone to him and say, son, let me help you. You know, and again, I'm nobody. I was young in the ministry then, but when he was drifting and he was very public, mm-hmm. he was very public on social media. Um, and I reached out to him privately and said, you're drifting. Yeah. You're going in a direction where I'm telling you it's scary. It and I'm telling you from someone who don't even know you, just watching and observing, you really need to think about turning the ship around. Mm-hmm. And he, like he said to me, brother, we ain't changing on the Bible. We ain't changing on standards. We ain't changing on our music. We're not changing. I don't know what you're talking about. I said, I'm not saying you're there. I'm saying you're leaning. Absolutely. I'm just telling you what I see. You could do with it what you want. Yeah. Um, he actually, he hired, was about to hire, but he actually did hire a homosexual music leader, worship leader is what they call it, but a music leader, and I called him out on it. And here's the thing. He didn't know what I knew. Mm. And so he called me. Brother, why would you say that? Why? I said, Doc, you need to do a little bit more homework. Wow. And I gave, and he actually did the homework and found out I was right and called me and said, thank you. Wow. Thank you. I had no idea. And then, you know, I thought that you were just blasting me. Da, da, da. I said, no, I would not make that accusation. Yeah. I would right. not make such an accusation without knowing what I knew. Um, and now, I mean, now he's, he's full blown charismatic apostate, just silliness. But even that, he, uh, here's what they do now. And I, I, I taught on this. I don't remember when I was preaching on this thought, but he's gone from now he will resist anybody that tries to leave him. I'm blocked on all of his stuff. But yet he texted another pastor here in Tennessee and said, you can come. I'll challenge you in front of my whole church and bring your boyfriend, Guy Beaumont. So even that, like his thinking is so carnal. Wow. His mentality is so carnal. His language is carnal. His mentality is, it's all, it's all just a show of flesh. Uh, and, and, and I mean, obviously to do what he's done with his wife and all that kind of stuff. But it's just, I would still, if he said, let's sit down and break bread, I will, I will break bread with you. But let me tell you something. We're talking about the issue. We're talking about the destruction that you have brought. Um, but yes, no, we have a right. When you make it public. Mm-hmm. Other preachers have a right in the same way that Paul withstood Peter. You have made it public. We have a right to call you out. Now, our spirit. Sure. We should keep our spirit check. And I'm guilt, oh, guilty of it at times <laughs> because I get fired up. Um, you know, uh, I, I oftentimes match their energy. Yeah. Fight fire with fire. Uh, I think that difference is, and I, and I would use this in our church, if, if someone's a sheep 
and they go astray. We go after them, we help them, we bring them back, we love them, we care about them, we feed them, we lead them inside the still water, we make them lie down, we help them with everything they need. But when that sheep turns into a wolf mm. and is now pulling people away mm. and harming other sheep and hurting yeah. other sheep, yeah. then it's fee fi fo fum. Yeah. We have to stand against them and protect. And the only way you do that with a wolf is you have to attack yeah. and you have to kill Very in true. order Very to true. protect your sheep. And I don't think we understand that. Yeah. Can a sheep turn into a wolf? Absolutely. Right. It's right. the wolf in, in right. sheep's clothing. Right. And so I think that's the difference is when you see right. that. And um, you know, I don't know how well you knew, um, Greg, but how does somebody get there? You know, if there's someone listening to this and go, man, you know, Brother House said it so many times we were there, change his position, change his position. And, 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 and I remember hearing him say that, okay, I believe that because you said it, but boy, in ministry, 30 plus years, seeing that, how many times have we seen that change and where they stop, nobody knows and they don't realize what's happening. So to be able to help, what happens to a Greg Locke? How does someone go from that to where he is? And if there's somebody saying, okay, I don't want that to happen. What are the, what are the steps that you've seen and when can we help them before they get where they're, you know, I don't know. I I don't know of anybody that's made such a drastic change as he has Mm -hmm. and still say so and still stay so public. Some guys change, but they change and they kind of disappear and do their own thing. I don't know of anybody besides him who's made such a, and is so public about it. Um, you know, but to me, once you start to change you in order to be relevant, you have to continue that change. That change doesn't stop. That change continues and it just continues and continues and continues to where now his wife, I mean, you know, he actually said about his wife preaching, he says, it says, suffer not a man. But he, to, for the woman to usurp the authority, he said, she's not usurping because I'm giving her the permission. You're not God. Yeah. You don't have the right to give her permission to pastor. Right. That's not your, that's God's position. She can't do that. But you start looking at the Bible from a whole different lens when you change. Right. And you have to continue that change to where now it's not just she's, not pastoring now she is pastoring now she is speaking now she does have all the gifts now his daughter he came out with benny in and said that his daughter has the, the gift and it's just so where's it going to be five years from now yeah. where and one of the things that you and i and other fundamentals stand on is that no the bible says it the principle it doesn't change right it doesn't change it stays that way because once you open up that change you are now an agent of change and change now is what defines you it is it's what sets the trail that you're blazing because it has to be something else you have to come it's up with that something else tossed about now with every Ooh, wind yeah. of doctrine you know yeah. and that change because you're always looking for something bigger something more fantastic something on a bigger scale and something that defines you it is instead of god defining you you're and now I defining think it I think that's a root. Years ago, it was a camp, and Brother Greg was preaching at the camp. And I think it was, it was over and said, hey, can I take you to lunch? You and your wife said, sure. My wife and I were there. We took her to lunch. And I'm a, I'm a dreamer of vision. What can we do for God? What can right. we do more right. for God? You know, right. what are your plans? So I love to ask people that question. What do you see yourself? What do you see, you know, what God doing in your life? What are your vision? What would you like to do? And, and when I asked him that question, I was just jaw-dropped, dumbfounded. Like, whoa. He goes, I, I really don't know. He said, man, I, I've preached in every... I preached in the biggest independent Baptist churches in the country. I don't know what else is there for me. He was an evangelist at the time. He was right. not a pastor. 
And it's like, that's your goal. His goal was to preach in all the big churches in the country. And now that that was done, he had no more goals. And I'm like, wow, that just, and now you see 10, 15 years later what's happened. It's like, okay, there's a root, there's a purpose. Why are you in this? Man, I want to win the world of Christ. Man, I want to change lives. I want to help people. I want to, you know, that yeah, was not and, it. And I want branding. to preach yep. in the biggest churches. Yep. Literally, my wife was there, heard it. I'm jaw dropped, going, wow, how in the mm. world can that be a goal? And so, anyway, a warning for anyone listening here. You don't want to end up like that. Make sure your goal is to love God, to serve God, to help people. Pure religion, to visit the fathers and the widows yep. and keep yourself unspotted from the world. Yeah. Yep. It'd be interesting to have that screenshot of your text with him of things he's not changing and to show how he's changed because that change is a position. Yep. And boy, how many times we had an assistant pastor that went from farther to the right on me from some things to total agnostic. You're not allowed to have a Bible in his home. His son's uh, atheist and bi and drugs. I mean, just, it's horrible. Like, how does that happen? You know, and that change is a position where it ends up. Um, it's scary, the, you know. The Bible has to be the anchor. Yeah. And when we, where the fundamentalists have a tendency of adding to it mm -hmm. with extra biblical. Now, if there are preferences sure. and that's your preference, okay. Yeah. Uh, but don't attach Bible to it. Exactly. You know, and so we have, you know, you can't do this, you can't do that, even though there's no scripture. There's not even a biblical principle on it. Right. It's just there. You're at, it's like, I need to do this because this makes me look even more spiritual. Yeah. And I, I just did a podcast with a young man about standards, and standards are not standards are not going to make me more spiritual. Right. Otherwise, Muslims and Amish exactly own it yep. on spirituality, but we know that it's not. It protects me and my walk with God. It doesn't mm -hmm. make me more spiritual. It keeps me where I need to be. It gives me those, but yet you find those that scream the most about legalism today. Yeah. What they want is they want more license. Right. You look at them, and it's not that they don't have a standard. It's just theirs is so weak anymore yeah. because they want to dress like the world, listen to the world's music, look like the world, talk like the world. I mean, when you say bring your boyfriend, Guy Beaumont, how do you how do you walk with God and pray with God and make a comment like that? Yeah. It, that's just not normal. I like what you said, and I, I think it was a great Bible story for that. We don't know exactly because we weren't there, but Adam and Eve, you see what Eve said, uh, to the serpent, God said, and she said, God said, don't touch it or you'll die. Well, God didn't say God that. Didn't God say told that. Adam, don't eat it lest you die. So there's some inference in here. We don't know exactly. Did Adam add to what God said well, and tell Eve, don't touch it or don't eat it or we'll die. And then she touched it and she didn't die. And so and I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, Eve, listen, God told me, don't eat it or I'll die, okay? To make sure we don't even get close to it, honey, let's not even touch it. How right. about that? How about we set a preference and a standard in our life not to touch it? That way we'll never even get close to it. Hey, why don't we even just not even look at it? How about that? Because right. you look, the desire right. to make, okay, what? and there's nothing wrong with that, but if he told her God said it and God didn't say it, then that, oh, I touched it, nothing happened to me, it's okay, now I can eat it. And again, there's some inference in there, we yeah. don't know exactly yeah. what was said, yeah. but I think that's a good illustration. There's nothing wrong with saying, okay, God said this, and here's where we want to be in case we fall. We're still not, right. we're still not a right. mess. And I wonder, I wonder, again, we can't see it, but Adam was standing right there next to her. With her. 
And Adam could have yep. said, no, 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 babe, that's not what I said. Exactly. But he didn't. He didn't. And we know it's we know it's Adam. So great stuff. So okay, two big points on this. One, you see somebody hurting, especially a preacher. Man, the brethren, it's a small fraternity and it's getting smaller all the time. We need more preachers, not less. We need thousands yeah. and thousands of men of yeah. God that are preaching the word of God. Encourage them, lift them. I wonder how many we could encourage to be back in the ministry and serving God if we if they knew some other brother was going to care about them and help them and encourage them. That's a big deal. And if you see someone that's slipping even a little bit. As a friend, reach out to him. You're doing okay. Boy, you know, I don't, I'm not trying to preach at you. I'm not trying to judge you. You're a yep. man of God. Yep. But I've seen people go the direction you're going, and it doesn't end well. Man, I love you, and I care about you, and I don't want to see that happen to you. I wonder that right there. You know what? Thank you. I was already convicted about it, but my song director wanted to use this music, so I, was, I let him do it. But, you know, you know, I I'll wonder s- that right there. I'll share a personal story. Yeah. just popped into my head. I... um. I tend to not have a filter <laughs> and I tend to cross the line at times. And I had sent out a joke to several preachers mm. and one pastor out of this group. Of, and if I was to say many of their names, you would know them. Wow. They all laughed. Ha ha. Funny, funny. One pastor messaged me separately. That's cool. That's and he good. said, he said, brother, if you're going to send these kinds of jokes out, can you please take me off the list? He said, I don't find it glorifying to the Lord. I find it a little bit fleshly, and it doesn't help my spirit. It hinders my spirit. And then he followed up with, I'm no better than you. I could find in the flesh myself laughing at that. He said, but we're men of God. He said, and nobody will ever hear that joke besides us, but we know. And he said, brother, I love you. I am here for you. Just please. That Now, my response was, (laughs) you... I'm so glad you told me that. Yeah. I would be, thank you. Yes. Thank you. It thank literally you. helped me yeah, so no. much. Wow. And I, I said, brother, you have, you've rebuked me in such a good way that I am so humbled. I'm embarrassed, but I'm thrilled that you did that. That's thank perfect. you That's for perfect. doing that. Thank you. And again, that didn't make me judge the other preachers. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. What he said helped me. And I needed to hear that. And that, again, that's the kind of stuff that iron sharpeneth iron. Perfect. That we as preachers can say, hey, you're crossing a line there. Hey, you know I love you. I'm no better than you. you. He didn't put you down. Nope. He just asked not to be a part of it. Nope, nope. And And that's all you needed. That kind of rebuke. And, And who knows? How much that helped you not go farther down that way and end up, and, who knows where we are. But there is a group of preachers where they're down that way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I realized, wow, you literally, and I was with another preacher and we were talking and he was like, he's like, I'm the same way. He said, I will not run with that crowd. He says, mm-hmm. it's carnal. And our flesh craves that, especially a bunch of, you know, alpha males and we're together. <laughs> hey, did you hear this funny one? Ah, you know, and he says, but man, it, yeah. that's not good for us. And that's I thought, good. praise the Lord. Like he, that was years ago, he helped me. Yeah. And I, I, I have I've avoided that crowd because I know how quickly I can go into that humor, yeah. that mindset. Yeah. And... It's and it is good. true. It's, it's sad, but it's out of abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. You know, we cannot but speak the things we've seen and heard. You get around that, that becomes a part of you. And... But the Bible talks about it. Foolish mm-hmm. jesting. 
It is. And that's literally what it is. Yeah. It's Fools foolish. Make a mock at sin. Just you know, it. we take sin and make a mock out of it. And, and uh, yeah, it's not. Hey, thank you guys for joining us. But the guy, thank you for this. Um, didn't know exactly which direction it was going to go, but I, I think this is very helpful and um, to encourage and help preachers when they fall, when they're discouraged, when they're down, when they're going through a tough time. And <laughs> when we graduated, I remember Brother House saying, guys, the ministry is brutal. Yep. It's brutal. Yep. And, um, and like, okay, you've been in the ministry 50 years. I believe you know what you're talking about. I thought it was probably the Catholics and the Charismatics. That's what you got to watch out for. Maybe the Southern Baptists. Nope. <laughs> it's independent Baptist pastors and church members. That's what's given me the, the tough time. And to realize the ministry, it, it's brutal. And so let's encourage and help people. And if you see someone sliding and, and, and love them, boy, that rebuke the guy gave you is yeah. perfect. Perfect, yep, perfectly yep. worded. And, yep. I needed and that, you may so. be watching this and you think I'm a certain way or whatever, whatever your impression is of me or Brother Baker. I believe I can speak for him right now. If it's you, Amen. reach out to us. Absolutely. What there is you? no judgment or condemnation. No, we will do anything in our power to yeah. help restore you, just yeah, to absolutely. be a blessing, just to be an encouragement. Let us be a Barnabas to you. I, I promise you, you're not going to, neither one of us are stone throwers. Absolutely. We're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. Let us help you. Let it doesn't matter you. where it's at. If you're in the worst false doctrine ever, man, let us help you back. You know, if you fell in the worst way, man, let us love yeah. you and help you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, or if you're just going through a tough time, man, we right. would like right. to. And they don't us. know. Yeah. They don't know. I've had a Lutheran minister mm. who went to Hiles, sang in the tour group at Hiles. <laughs> he is a Lutheran minister. Wow. And he called me when his marriage was struggling. And I have tried to counsel that man. Not, I mean, I have for over a decade now, and wow. he's not even one of us. Wow. And nobody, if I, nobody would ever know. Yeah. Nobody would ever know. And I asked him, I said, you're a Lutheran. Why would you ask? He said, because you do not bend for anybody. That's good. And he said, so I know whatever you counsel you gave me, A, it's going to be scriptural, and yeah. B, you're going to give it to me straightforward. Great. That's it. And to, he, t to this day, he relies on trusting that I will do my best to help him scripturally. That's, That's awesome. About. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. Hey, God bless you guys. Have a great one. We'll see you next time. And if we can do something for you, let us know. You can email um, the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. It was from the guy. I'll pass it on to him. And uh, thank you guys. Have a great one. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. If you have any questions, you can email us at the Fundamental Baptist Podcast at gmail.com.